Welcome to Blooming Out on Community Radio, WFHB. Blooming Out is a forum by and for the LGBTQ plus community. Each week we explore the issues, events pertaining to the LGBT community in Indiana, the U.S., and internationally. We speak with guests about human rights, coming out, the legality of being gay, and much more. Blooming Out is a multiple award-winning program here on Community Radio, WFHB. Thanks for listening to Blooming Out. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Blooming Out. I'm Frankie Preslav. I'm Kevin Mosenzade. I'm Melanie Davis. And I'm Judy Epp. Tonight we are doing things a little different. We are going off script to talk about the election and what it means to the LGBT, uh, LGBTQ community. And later on, well, actually not later, we we have our, our guest now. Uh, Greg Chaffin is here in the studio to talk about uh, LGBT uh, politics and um you know, activism in the community. Um, but before we get started on all that fun stuff, Melanie, how's your week going? Uh, it's <laughs> it's getting better. It's getting better. <laughs> yeah. It's getting better. The, the anxiety level is going down yeah, a little bit. So. I think that was kind of, what does it all mean? And we're still trying to figure out as far as the election. I'm sure that's what you're talking about, right? Oh, yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> I want to make sure we weren't, you know, I don't know, you know, stuff. It, you know, <laughs> the dogs coming in the yard yeah, and, right. and nobody the cleaning loud, up. The loud and, neighbors. Yeah, right, kids in the yard. Yeah. So now just what's going on in Washington, D.C. So, um, yeah, so you're you know coming back to Earth. and Coming back to Earth. Uh, I'm uh, starting a new job on Monday. Okay, we all excited so about that. That's and fun. So a lot of and that's it. A lot of positive change. Yeah. So good for you. How about you, Kevin? I'm doing great. Uh, sleeping better now. Sleeping better. Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a lot of good sleep that night. We have a Democratic Congress, so yeah. I'm feeling good. Okay, good. Comes out of the mouth of the babes. <laughs> Is that right? Did I say that right? I always get everything backwards. I never quote anything correct. Um, and Judy, um, yeah, I'm I'm elated and disheartened, and um, have a lot of speaking gigs. Yeah. So, so. I'm um, looking to the future. I'm going to. Victoria, British Columbia for Thanksgiving. Nice. Yay. Nice. Keeping my eye on the prize. There you go. <laughs> right. There you go. Got to keep up and and Greg. Hey, I'm doing I'm doing well. Good. We just uh, as you know just left the big gathering on the courthouse lawn and I, I love seeing the people that showed up there to, you know, stand up for Nobody's above the law. That's exactly so right. That was that was encouraging. So I'm doing well. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad. And we're going to be talking more about what that rally was about uh, with Greg uh, a little later into the show. Um, and I guess I'm doing well as you know. Frankie, we, we always forget yeah. to yeah. ask you. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, Frankie? I exist. <laughs> I'm doing well. Um, I'm like everybody else. You know, watching <coughs> the election, seeing where things. Uh, went you know trying to be excited and kind of looking at the future i don't know i just <coughs> started thinking about you know i've been through you know i remember reagan and mm. you know the bushes and feeling anxiety back then as well and we lived through some pretty tough times at that point and yeah. so it's you know it's it's putting things in perspective i guess to know that there's a, there's you know there's a lot of change you got to keep keep at it and right. and uh don't give up, and you know there's a lot to celebrate about, um, and I think that's Melanie. You're going to talk about that now, aren't you? I am. I'm going to uh, lead off. I 
one of the great things that that came in this election was the uh, the number of LGBT uh, Q candidates uh, across the nation and local and uh, um, well all sorts of uh, gubernatorial races and and it was really heartening to see all of them but uh, I'm going to focus on the trans folk um, because that seems to be with the news of you know the the memo and everything that we heard about uh, and sessions uh, <coughs> dropping protections on DeVos dro dropping protections for students and uh, um, people that you know the uh, the trans community got kind of a, a boost and 47 uh, openly transgender candidates uh, were on the ballot across the country in uh, this election so um, that was fun so I'm going to start with with a disappointment uh, up in Vermont uh, Christine Hulquist was she was a major uh, party candidate and she did lose the election and that's that we all kind of felt uh, sadness for that there was some some hope we had but uh, uh, she wasn't the only one up for up for election. And um, Monica Nemeth, uh, she was the uh, first trans person elected to a seat in Washington D.C. city government. So that's fun. She uh, had been in government for a long time, and and finally, uh, when she transitioned, it was kind of like, well, how's that going to play? And and it doesn't matter. Her record speaks for itself. So so she got seated. Um, there's, uh, it w here's a fun one. We get <coughs> in New Hampshire, we had two, uh, folks going, uh, getting, winning, uh, seats, Jerry Cannon and Lisa Berker. Uh, so, you know, go New Hampshire. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, in Colorado, Brianna Tetone, uh, <coughs> excuse me. I uh, was leading by 12 votes, 12, oh and that was of this morning. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to see if there's – I haven't seen updates right. yet. Um, she was down quite a bit, but she, she rallied and came back, and there's still a few precincts that are uh, reporting that they were, they're counting down to the, the one, right? Mm. Uh, Fairbanks, Alaska uh, has an, the same – not just the state, but the city of Fairbanks uh, has uh, – Two uh, 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 candidates, Liz uh, Like and Kathy Otterman Otterstein, um, for city council. So that's fun. Uh, and then Jay Irwin was elected to school board in uh, Ralston, Nebraska. Uh, so Nebraska, right? So we get we're getting a lot of north and west <coughs> folk out here, and. One of my, uh, I have a connection in Massachusetts, and uh, one of my friends uh, was particularly concerned about this referendum that was put on the ballot by some anti-trans uh, folk who were upset that in 2016 the uh, Massachusetts passed protections for public accommodations for trans people, yeah, uh. and. and uh, so they got signatures and they put it, the referendum to, to have that withdrawn on the ballot. And by a margin of, uh, well, a huge margin, 67% uh, voted to keep that. Wow. As opposed to, yes, yeah, 67 wow. to 32%. And that's the, that, my takeaway from that is whatever this, the federal government is doing, whatever mm -hmm. we have uh, 
you know, these, these bad news stories, I'm looking at the people, right? The people around me, the people in our community, and seeing that they are really supportive and they're really coming around and there's a lot more understanding. And that gives me hope. Right. So. Well, it is exciting. You know, when you think about just five, ten years ago, you know, when, you know, five years ago, four years mm-hmm. ago, two and a half years ago, when you had, uh, you know, Democrats <laughs> or at least Obama in, yeah. um, that you're seeing these numbers of transgender people now in the Trump era, you know, actually uh, maybe because of Trump. Right. Knowing that, hey, now I have to have the courage to Mm -hmm. stand up because Mm -hmm. if I don't do it now and I don't stand Mm -hmm. up for myself and I don't stand up for the rest, then it's going to be too late. And so I think, you know, within the bad, you know, this is this is the good that comes out is that it it sets a a fire under people and it gets people excited. And, you know, and and they're, you know, people are, are, are running for political posts that they would have never thought exactly. possible, not because politics might have not been their thing, but because they were <laughs> transgender. And, right. and, you know, mm-hmm. well, no. and, you know, a few years ago, we had Barney Frank, right? Right. And when they were trying to get ENDA passed. Uh, we explain that uh, for em- our listeners. Uh, Employment Non-Discrimination Act uh, at the federal level. Uh, we, the trans folk, were thrown <coughs> under the bus uh, by usual. by Saint Barney. I mean, he right. was mm-hmm. he was the man, and he used us as as pawns to try to get right. that passed. Mm-hmm. And uh, ultimately, that's part of what killed and uh, uh, for for those times. So our own, yeah. And well, you know, but now look at where we're at, yeah. and it's the solidarity, the the mm-hmm. the way that people are coming around. Right. Thank goodness beautiful. that some people had the courage to step up right. because mm-hmm. it's a scary thing to do. I mean, yeah. our people are literally being killed, right? Yeah, and yet some of them will stand up and say, "Here I am." Right. Exactly. And, and that's what it takes, yeah. you know, to kind of push it through and and it's exciting mm-hmm. and maybe one day you know it won't be a trans person it'll be a democrat that had that was qualified or not qualified to run for a certain position um without you know you know dubbing them something else exactly and, you know a, a human right. Right. <laughs> a person yeah. is running for yes. an office yes um but it's exciting that you know it's uh, when we look at you know you open the news and you look at cnn and I don't know anybody here is looking at Fox News. Um, but, you know, any of the other news media, it can be very depressing. And, you know, but you have to, I mean, that's what they report on. Right. Um, and you have to understand that there's a, a lot of, you know, stuff happening. So how about uh, Judy? We have some good news to report on. Well, yes. Actually, we have, um, the good news is that the uh, Democrats got the House. The bad news is that Trumpism is stronger than ever, if anybody doubted that. The midterm election results actually were a mixed bag. The Democrats did win a majority in the House, which provides something of a check on President Trump. They are armed with subpoena power, um, so they will have plenty of opportunity to explore the worst excesses of the corrupt administration. Um, The Dems also picked up a number of uh, governor's seats, which are critical. First, states can set their own policies in opposition to the White House. And more important for the long term, Democrats will have the opportunity to redraw congressional districts once the 2020 census is complete and hopefully be able to correct the gerrymandering that the Republicans have engineered, which reduced the Democratic chances of victory. 
but the election results were also dispiriting. <clears throat> there were, of course, an inordinate number of seats in conservative um, states that needed to be defended, and Democrats lost key races, including Indiana, Missouri, and Florida. In some cases, they're being replaced by Republicans like Missouri's Josh Hawley and North Dakota's Kevin Kramer, who have been unabashed in their embrace of anti-LGBTQ groups. Worse still, the election sent a message to GOP candidates that trying to out-Trump Trump is a winning strategy. Instead of turning off voters, the hard lurch to the right and the barely concealed racist dog whistles, as in Florida and Georgia, seem to animate Trump's base, offsetting any enthusiasm from the Democrats that were desperate to return the nation to something like normal. <coughs> it doesn't matter if it's the truth or a lie, just make it as extreme as possible. Uh, that makes extreme rhetoric all the more likely, particularly from Trump as he heads into re-election. <clears throat> if you think his George Soros caravan birthright attacks were outlandish, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> Trump could always write the midterm results off as a failure of the other candidates. He won't have that luxury in 2020, which means he will do or say anything to protect his own hide, even if it <coughs> incites violence, which he has already done. The results also show that the Democrats labor under structural disadvantages. They won millions more votes this year than Republicans, but you could hardly tell that from looking at the final results. In Republican-controlled states, the GOP has crammed as many Democrats into as few districts as possible. A Pennsylvania court throughout the congressional map this year is blatantly unfair. But in most other states, there's nothing to stop Republicans from putting a thumb on the scale in their favor. At the same time, the Founding Fathers' wish to preserve the rights of rural states has created an upside-down world where California has as much representation in the Senate as Wyoming. At present, the country is divided almost equally in two. Liberals will keep hoping that at some point the country will come to its senses— I don't know. That hope seems so futile, <laughs> either out of disgust for Trump or simply because of demographic changes. But the 2018 elections show that that day may be a long way off. After this election's results, it may be best to start preparing for, I can't hardly say this, President Trump's second term. The odds of it aren't nearly as small as we might like to believe. And it's important <coughs> for us to, you know, we, you know, at least within our little group here and our LGBT community, you know, it's a larger percentage of us. Actually, we don't want that to happen. And that's why, you know, we can't rest. Right. That's the, right. there's no we time can't. for that. When you were but, talking earlier and comparing Reagan and Bush to Trump, I can't, I can't do that. No. I can't compare that. No, we're not the same. No. When Bush won, I was so disheartened, well, and my wife but, said, but your life isn't going to change. You, you, it, you, mm -hmm. You'll be okay. We'll be okay, but yeah. other people won't. But with this, ah. No, it's not, it's not the same. But also, I have to push back on the, the Trumpism is stronger than everything, because actually, if you look at the areas in which Democrats were winning— the one place that they targeted and targeted hard was white women in the suburbs, and they won, and they won big. And that's how you see uh, a district in the middle of Oklahoma, a district outside of Kansas City, Missouri winning. Yes, we lost uh, Senate seats. 
We also held on to one in Montana, which was big. We also flipped uh, Nevada, uh, which some people predicted, but it was going to be a close race because Dean Heller was a strong uh, candidate and really cozied up to Trump there. But I think what this election shows is that, um, well, also before that, noting that the Tea Party movement in, in 2010 was somewhere around 6%. Um, increase in votes for Republicans during there, and they gained 68 seats or something like mm-hmm. that, 65, 68 seats. Mm-hmm. This year, r- Democrats got between 7 and 9% with all the gerrymandering and still look like they're going to get almost 40 seats back. So, number one, gerrymandering is very important. These mm-hmm. governor's Absolutely. races are very important. But also, the idea that Trumpism is stronger than ever is something that you'll hear from Republicans now because they expanded their lead in the Senate. But when you actually look at the demographics and looking towards 2020, when voter turnout in a lot of the urban Mm. areas is going to be a higher and also in the suburban areas is going to be higher as well. Mm -hmm. Things are not looking as good as they were for Trump a few days ago. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you so much. Again, out of the mouth. (laughs) Well, and listen, listening to Melanie and listening to Kevin, that is encouraging. And I'm a true believer. Um, It depends on the day. On some days, I'm a cautious optimist. (laughs) And on others, I'm a total pessimist. Mm -hmm. And it depends on the day. And that's happening with most of my friends for a lot of reasons. I think the truth is somewhere in the middle here. But hearing Kevin, hearing Melanie's statistics, um, I think we have reason to be hopeful. Having said that, I will tell you that the we can't. Uh, it's impossible to overestimate the grave danger our country is still mm-hmm. in Absolutely. with the Trump administration. When you think that the Senate actually gained seats for Trump, yep. when you think that there are two months until our current Congress is actually sworn in mm-hmm. and he has some time to really mess with the mm-hmm. Mueller investigation, yes. uh, when you think that. Um, it's almost impossible for, for you to argue with the 38% of Trump supporters. It's almost cult-like in their inability to take in information Absolutely. and change their minds. That's a frightening reality. That is, um, mm-hmm. that is uh, where we see um, some real dangers in our country right now. The physical inab- danger. Physical Absolute dangers, which is, which physical is where we're danger. seeing some of these yes. horrendous things happening around the United States. Our own really homegrown terrorism in a way. Yes. Um, yeah. And that could get worse. Um, I, I, and I'm not a naysayer. I truly am hopeful. And I'm going to give some statistics in a moment. When I listen to this, it reminds me that both things happen to be true at the same time. We are gaining momentum in lots of areas. I mean, the Women's March turned into real elected officials mm-hmm. around the country who are women and who are strong mm-hmm. and who are going to make a difference. Uh, on the other hand, we uh, know that Trump is trying to consolidate his power. He, he owns the power still. He right. has the presidency. Mm-hmm. He has the Supreme Court. And it's potential that he'll have more <coughs> on the Supreme Court in the next couple of years. When we look at that, that's real power. And that has the ability to change the direction of all of our energy and everything if we are not strong together. On the other hand, we know that, and and Melanie's statistics were amazing, um, but I can share just a couple. Um, We have right now 399 LGBTQ candidates at all levels of government, 22 of those in Congress. 153 LGBTQ individuals were elected Tuesday. That's from the information from the Victory Fund. 13 in Texas. Think about Texas. And, you know, as Kevin was sharing, I mean, think of where we're making inroads, too. 
too. I looked at this. Sharice Davids was elected the House. She's the first lesbian elected in Kansas. We're mm-hmm. making inroads in places what seemed impossible. The governor of Kansas, right, is a Democrat now. Um, you think of where that state was even mm-hmm. a few, you know, just a few mm-hmm. years ago in terms of conservatism. Right. They learned their lesson, I think, from what has happened in that state because of conservatism. So I'm hopeful. I mean, I have tons of statistics here related to LGBTQ folks. The guy in Colorado, right, the governor of Colorado, and that's mm-hmm. the state where those people wouldn't bake a cake, if you may remember, right? right? Now they've got a governor who's gay. How about that? Right. Um, you know, I could Kim go on Davis. and on. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Down in Kentucky, her she was not reelected. This is the woman down in Kentucky, Kentucky, who wouldn't sign marriage licenses for LGBTQ folks, mm-hmm. and now she's out of a job. So mm-hmm. that's in Kentucky. So there is reason for hope. I stood on this lawn today in this this march we had, and I looked around at the faces. And while I would have liked to have seen 10 times that many people, right. there were quite a few people. But um, it gives me hope. We are a fighting spirit of people, and we know how to fight. I think especially the LGBTQ community, we're smart, we're energized, mm-hmm. and we know how to fight. I doubt you know that they have a chance against us, to be quite honest with you, in the long run. And that we kind of showed in this turning around of the house, right? Um, but I also don't want us to forget that the, the reins of power are truly strong and they're in mm-hmm. places that are very intractable mm-hmm. uh, yes. right now. And, and uh, we have to see it for what it is. Well, I think the uh, I think kind of building off of that, like what motivated this was really Trumpism and the rebuke of Trumpism. And that's where you started seeing these things happen. And there's no reason. Uh, just judging from the past two days to think that he's in any way going to change the way that he acts. And it's like Mm -hmm. I told, I think, maybe Frankie before the show started, Democrats have to be careful in Congress not to push too far back. Let him destroy himself. Let him him tear down himself. Because every time he opens his mouth, that's another vote that comes to a Democrat, uh, quite frankly, in the suburbs. And it's the more, I, I can't stress it enough, if you look at the demographics and where those are swinging, uh, minorities have voted consistently for Democrats. Mm-hmm. White women are now voting for Democrats. Yeah. And that's... Yes. And we have to... You the know, suburban, be, can, suburban right, white women, right? Cannot be stressed and, enough. And to add to that, if I may, real quickly, yeah, um, you know, our country uh, is changing. <laughs> We're an increasingly browning country, yes. an increasingly LGBTQ accepting country. The more people who come out and are, are getting married and are accepted, whatever, we're having families change. We're having people, you know, observe who we are. And so um, the reality is just the demographics are a force against the Republicans yes. and against the right wing. Evolution itself demands change, <laughs> yes. doesn't it? Well, this is the last gasp I'm of hoping. that ruling class yeah. and they're hanging yeah. on for all for their worth yep. and will do anything to yep. hang on to that absolutely well we just you know again it's just the momentum we have to keep going um this is a time we're going to take a break um and we'll be right back with more after this song
Welcome to my Milky Way, baby. And you better, better believe, believe there's a heartbreak every day. Every day. Oh, there ain't nothing wrong with having fun. Unless you ain't getting none, baby. And that brings us to this occasion. True lovers education. Now talk to me, baby. Welcome back to Blooming Out. You've been listening to Worth My While by Bootsy Collins. Um, So, in other news out of Indianapolis, uh, Indiana elected its first openly LGBTQ member of uh, the General General Assembly. Uh, Senator J.D. Ford uh, beat a man in the Carmel area who was a supporter of um, a bill to ban gay marriage in the state. So that's um, a huge win Mm -hmm. um, for our LGBTQ community. And I have a quote here from him. He said, I just want to pause for a second to appreciate the historical significance that has happened tonight. Tonight, I became Indiana's first openly gay lawmaker. Ladies and gentlemen, we just made history, and no one can take that from us. So Mm. I think that is just... uh, fantastic awesome. um Amen. yeah that kind of i think cut everybody off um by surprise i mean we weren't really paying attention and i mean i didn't even i'd really heard about him a lot be um just from my friends um and he had a lot of grassroots support up there a lot of people canvassing mm-hmm. for him mm-hmm. all the time um in that area and he got 55 percent of the vote so yeah. it wasn't like and that's zionsville that's, that's a Carmel, pretty, and, yeah. yeah you know that's yeah. That, which you and, wouldn't expect and another thing is he, he ran on issues, uh, increasing mm-hmm. funding for public schools, raising the minimum wage, protecting the environment, fighting the opioid addiction, and then, of course, passing a hate crimes bill. Um, mm-hmm. Because as we know, Indiana, one of five states without them, let's get on that, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully. It'll be point. interesting to see how uh, they treat him up there right. when he walks in. Well, the, the other good news is that, um, if you want to call it good news, <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll take it. Indiana, we'll it. Indiana uh, in the General Assembly, obviously we have a House and a Senate. 
Senate is going to remain a supermajority for the Republicans, um, so Democrats really have minimal power there. But in the House, um, a little bit of uh, inroads was made. Uh, the Dems picked up three House seats, possibly a fourth, depending on the results out of Porter County. Um, and there was a lot of election problems up in Porter, Porter County, so they haven't even counted <coughs> the votes up there yet. Um, but if they pick up the fourth, um, the Republicans will not have a supermajority anymore in the House, which is actually a pretty big deal because they um, won't have a quorum just by themselves. Mm, so they will right. lose their two-thirds yeah, majority. So that is that's, that's pretty good news. That absolutely is. So, yeah. So, right. I mean, there was a, some sadness here in Indiana, at least statewide, well, yeah. on what was going on. But locally, we've and been then awesome. The ninth District, we lost, of course. Liz Watson yeah. right. lost. Yeah. But good news out of there as well. Um, voter turnout was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, 2014, they the Democrat received 52,000 votes. 2018, with more than 50% of the vote not even having been counted in Monroe County yet, Liz is over 100,000 votes. Wow. Mm -hmm. uh, getting approaching presidential year numbers mm -hmm. for that. Shelley Yoder got 130,000 mm -hmm. in 2016. Um, both parties saw increased turnout, but Democrats so far and this number will probably increase, 48% increase wow. in Democratic support um, from the last midterm election compared to 32 um, for Republicans. So that's if you really want good news, yeah, if you good. want good things to look at, yeah, that's that's huge. And and, and that's you know your vote counts. You got to go yes. out there. And you yeah. Gotta, yeah. I mean, yeah. sometimes it doesn't feel like that. <laughs> Greg, you were just uh, at a rally. I yeah. want to hear a little bit about that. Yeah. So uh, actually, these rallies were happening all over the country. There were over 900, I believe, planned. So mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll see on the news, I suppose, how how many turned out. But um, but yeah, the rally uh, obviously uh, was actually. It was set to happen at the moment that we saw something happen to Jeff Sessions, right? Which is why this, why it occurred today. And I'm sorry, Greg, it was organized by whom? Um, that's a great question. I don't, I don't even really know. The name, the name of the group is um, Nobody Is Above the Law, or that's the, actually the rally, Nobody Is Above the Law. And I don't know who's at the center of, uh, that's a great question, at the center of having organized this from the beginning. Not the Russians. Not the Russians. No, no, no collusion. I thought it was associated <laughs> with move on Oh, it is. It Thank is. you. Okay. I think that's you're right. who it is. That's who it is. Thank you. Um, yeah, no collusion from the Russians. Yeah, Better than the Russians, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but even in Bloomington, a good contingent of people showed showed up, and obviously um, this is a reaction to Jeff Sessions uh, resigning, quote unquote. We know that he got fired, right? Mm -hmm. And we know that Trump used this precise time to do it. Uh, he waited until that wouldn't have been very popular, obviously, for the vote had right. he done it beforehand, because it would that reach for power would have definitely impacted. Um, uh, the votes we saw around the United States for Democrats even more so. Um, but, you know, this this person that he's installed is acting AG Matt, Matt Whitaker. He has, is on record, historically, has been uh, a, a Republican henchman going after the Clintons and going after. He cannot be unbiased, but he says he does not plan to recuse himself, which right. is huge. I mean, this is corruption at its highest, yes. right, in this yes. country. Uh, basically, the fox is in the hen house. And, right. um, and he's nowhere in the line right. of succession, right? I right. mean, Trump pulled from been. outside the Absol line of succession Absolutely. It to been just plop Rod this person in the spot. Rod Rosenstein, if they followed actually the way that it goes, Rod Rosenstein mm -hmm. should have been the next one up, right? Mm -hmm. But um, And he, I just read, uh, I was watching the news before I left here, that he can actually stay in that position 
for 230 days. Seven yeah. months or something yeah, like that? Yeah, and then he can, um, then I forget, there's a without quorum Without being confirmed. Well, yes, without yes. Be, yes. And then, and then there can be another vote for <laughs> something, and then he can get another 230 days. And what, so he could be there a very yeah. long time. Absolutely. Which, the point of that, he, prob- he probably will, yeah. because what they want to do is slow kill this right. whole process, mm-hmm. the investigation, starve and, and starve it. <coughs> um, and so what we're seeing now is absolutely, uh, it's an attack upon the Constitution, and it's driving us towards a, a, a constitutional crisis, really, mm-hmm. as a country. Um, we do not, as I said, uh, the, the new house is not going to be installed until January. There's a lot that can happen. Let's just think of what's happened over the last few days. Mm-hmm. There's so much that can happen with the power that they have. And, and they're, you know, I don't know what, what Bob Mueller will do either. I mean, I don't know. Will he indict? Will he suddenly start to indict even maybe mm-hmm. Trump's relatives? Well, they said well, he usually does on they, Fridays. So. Well, they, they had news break, I think, today, actually, this morning. He's uh, writing his final report now. Wow. Mm. They've started. So this is a race, right? This is yes. a race with the Trump people, mm-hmm. and it's a race with Mueller, uh, you know, Mueller and his people. And who can, who's going to win here? Basically, you can right. see this, this energized on both <coughs> sides. Um, you know, I w- sometimes it's hard to get clarity in the time of Trump <coughs> about how corrupt they are. But mm-hmm. think of all the people who have surrounded Trump who have already been basically indicted, right, right? Uh, for crimes. And we so we we know that everyone around him, his lawyers and so forth. We're criminals and are criminals. Well, and he's been identified as an unindicted co-conspirator. Right. right. Already. That's, that's the sitting president of the United States. And yet we're in this interesting battle um, with him, um, you know, remaining in that position. Uh, and and some Democrats, I, I realize, are afraid to, now that we've got these positions, are afraid to just go after him. Mm-hmm. But they were elected, I think, to do so. Yes. I think, yeah, I think I that agree. we have to have some guts. They were elected to stand up against this president. Well, yeah. I mean, we need to. It's time. Some yeah. checks and balances yeah. have to happen <clears throat> at this point. So, um, well, Greg, thank you so much for uh, coming in f- and speaking. Uh, you know, this is like oh, having a live you. Facebook with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know my Facebook post well, Frankie. <laughs> oh, I think we all do. Yes, right, I think we all do, Greg. The community at this point. <laughs> when I heard Greg was going to, you know, be at the rally and he, you know, he was guilting the world. When he calls us out by name <laughs> yeah, he to called show us. up at the rally. <laughs> and then Judy, I, I kind of did a guilt thing this time. <laughs> I just thought, hey, 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 we we're going to use it this time. And if you don't show up, your name will appear somewhere else. So I'm looking for my friend's faces is exactly yeah, what I think Yeah, so I'm said. looking for uh, for Greg's face. I, he has to see my face here. So that's, he that, that's the first that. thing Judy said when she saw me. It was Greg. It was yeah. Greg. I got to get in there. But we really, you know, I know you do a, a lot of amazing stuff with the LGBTQ youth in, in Monroe County. And, you know, obviously politically you're you're out there and you, you're passionate and you really care about what's going on in our country. And, you, you know, you're just one of many great people. But it's an honor to have you as a friend and also, you know, someone that comes to our show occasionally. Thank so you thank so you for thank taking the time and it's uh, my privilege being here. Come here. I appreciate you know, it. He said he had to get out of here because he has to go. He's thirsty, <laughs> he's thirsty and hungry. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we're going to take a... We fed, um, you fed the soul, now it's time to <laughs> That's <eat. laughs> right. So, yeah. so we're going to um, take a community break and listen to a little more music, and then we'll be back. Without Greg, the four of us will start up and we'll go from there. So take it away, Lucas. Crazy, man. All the things I know you like, yeah. you like the shady. 
Every Tuesday in November, you could pick up a flyer at the Morrow County Library in Bloomington or Ellisville at the Anne Rice Center, or download a copy at www.ncplinfo/friends and present it when you pay your check. The other event is LGBTQ Senior Social at Chatters Restaurants, 126 South Franklin. Road, November 12 at 5 p.m. Bloomington Pride LGBT Agent and Caring Network hosts their monthly social for LGBTQ seniors along with Alice. They hold a happy hour and dinner social each month, and all are welcome. Stay tuned, we'll be back to blooming out soon. Welcome back to Blooming Out. You've been listening to Hot Saucer by Bootsy Collins. All right, Judy, you have a story out of Florida for us. Yes, I do. CNN reports that a city in South Florida we ha- will have an all LGBTQ city commission after Tuesday's election. Residents of Wilton Manors voted for three gay candidates, including a mayor and two city commissioners, in the municipal election. Oh my God! I wish that would happen in Owen County. <laughs> um, 
Of course, sorry, I was just having a moment. Uh, according to Victory Fund, an organization that works to increase the number of openly <coughs> LGBTQ officials in all levels of government, Wilton Manors is the second city in the United States to have a city council with all gay members after Palm Springs, California. Commissioner Justin Flippin was elected mayor while the... Wait, out- what's his name? Justin Flippin. Flippin. <laughs> I like that. Was elected mayor. You made me think I read that wrong. <laughs> was elected mayor while the outgoing mayor, Gary Resnick, won a commissioner seat. Paul Rowley won the second commissioner seat in a four-candidate race. Commissioner Scott Newton, the only straight member of the commission, lost his re-election bid. The two other commissioners who form the five-person body, Julie Carson and Tom Green, are in the middle of their terms. Houston Mayor Anise Parker, president and CEO of Victory Fund, said voters in Wilton Manors clearly understand the leadership LGBTQ elected officials bring to public service and demanded more of it. Wilton Manors has had members of the LGBTQ community on the city commission since the 1980s, according to its website. By 2000, the city's governing body was majority gay. Using data from the 2010 census, the Williams Institute ranked Wilton Manors second among U.S. small cities with the highest number of same-sex couples. LGBTQ candidates ran for elected office in all 50 states and the District of Columbia for this election cycle, according to Victory Fund, with nearly 400 candidates appearing on the ballots. The 2018 midterm elections brought wins for the LGBT community up and down the ballot with historic firsts, including that of Colorado Rep. Jared Polis, who became the first openly gay man elected governor. Polis was one of several LGBTQ candidates who ran for governor this cycle, along with Oregon Democrat Kate Brown, Vermont Democrat Christine Hallquist, and Texas Democrat Lupe Valdez. So, what do you think? I think cool. <laughs> you know, I just I was thinking Bloomington. You know, I don't know what our percentage are uh, GBLTQ people that sit on our you know city or county uh, council or you know in those positions. We should ask them. We need to ask yeah, them because be maybe the four of you us should know that. Yeah, I should know that. That is true. I so can tell you in Owen County. What is it in Owen County? Zero. <laughs> that would be zero. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I think definitely we need to have a conversation there. But it's, again, it's, you know, we, we get bummed out because we're, we're, we're scared about what, what the possibilities yes, are terrified. happening. You know, up in the federal government. But we <coughs> see locally, and that's what everybody talks about. That's where the change happens. That's where Correct. you can make the most difference, you know, right. is, is, is locally. And when... You can put, you know, candidates of, you know, all colors and creeds and et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's just, it's yeah. just a, a win-win for I everybody. I think the <clears> other <throat> important thing to realize is people have to start somewhere. Right. And so when these candidates start in these offices, then eventually, hopefully, they can move up the line. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And they'll have the experience to do that. No, it's exciting. So, so you just, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say that um, also you had uh, the first Muslim woman yes. in the House of Representatives. Yes. Two of them. Two, yes. actually. Two. One out yep. of Michigan, one out of Minnesota. Um, huge. Um, Ayanna Presley, first black woman to represent Massachusetts mm-hmm. in the House of Representatives. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who we heard about a lot. Youngest. Yep, yeah, the, the youngest. youngest. Yeah. Had no money. Um, right. And she did it. First... 
Latinas from Texas were rele- were elected to the House of Representatives, two of them out of there. And then we talked about it before the show uh, went on air, but Stacey Abrams uh, looks to be close uh, to getting a recount for the uh, governorship um, in Georgia. I sure and, hope so. Um, Win or lose, amazing, amazing woman in an amazing, amazing race that she ran. ran. Mm-hmm. And then um, Andrew Gillum, um, mm-hmm. potentially right. first black mayor or governor, governor, governor of Florida, Florida. Uh, just got a recount. So oh, fantastic. So, so some big, good stuff happened. And then there's yeah. a, a, um, a Native American. Two Can- Native American Kansas, women. One out of Kansas City. Right. Yeah. Did we Native American women. Women, yeah. Yeah. right. Two, and lesbian. And one, one lesbian. <coughs> yeah, and one mm-hmm. lesbian. Yes. And a partridge on a pear tree. Right. Well, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the big takeaway um, from the midterms was the power of the female vote. I'll say it again. Yes. White suburban women, but women in general. Yes. Um, so women of color. Women have, of I was have, just about to say that. They ha- are the ones who have been really um, the driving force in the Democratic Party. Yes. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, Black women have been the base of the Democratic Party for the longest time. Amen. We finally see um, Democrats really rallying and giving uh, Latinos a reason to turn out and vote. Um Right. It's it's very encouraging uh, when you see those types. It's going to be exciting to see the congressional on. photo. You know, they do at the beginning oh, of the year, yes. and then so you, you'll exciting. see the Republican side. <laughs> and then it's like, how do you argue with that? You right. know, when you well, see just multi one color, <laughs> exactly versus literally a rainbow. It's really interesting because I was talking um, to my grandma on the phone, who historically has been a conservative and voted Republican. Um, and what I somehow in conversation, it came up about the demographics. And I mentioned to her that somewhere between 80 to 90 percent, if not more, of minorities and people of color vote for Democrats. And she was like, no, that can't be right. And I said, that's true. I said, look it up. It's true. It's 100 percent true. And she was shocked. Um, and that was that was a very interesting uh, really? phone call. Yeah. Really, I'm shocked that she shocked people. Out. Well, people don't know that. People who are not politically inclined um, do not know that. Yeah. Uh, she's not the only person in my family who has Thank who's you. not aware of those types of things. And if you don't follow politics, if you don't read articles about it or look at election results, you really wouldn't know that unless you're especially if you're in these areas that are predominantly white, yes. how you wouldn't... The average person. Exactly, and you wouldn't out, you wouldn't yeah. really know that um, because mm-hmm. we as a country, for a million reasons uh, that we I won't dive into, mm-hmm. but we tend to live in areas where we're surrounded by the same types of people. Oh, sure. And, so and we think other people think like us. Exactly. So if she thinks the Republicans are the best, mm-hmm. everybody must think that. Right. Well, not only yeah. that, but... The so in the the flipping of the platforms, that whole thing that was uh, uh, promoted <coughs> for a while, you know, okay, the <coughs> the Republicans were once the the party of Lincoln, right? And so, <coughs> my family was still laboring under the idea mm-hmm. that uh-huh. Republicans were good for for minority mm-hmm. uh, voters, and just did not get it because traditionally. It was uh, uh, a softer party well, you hear, in that respect. You hear Trump always, um, you know, 
oh, yeah. screaming about how many African-American voters and this is the first time, you know, in history that... <laughs> how good know. he is well, for thank them. God, thank God more. one of the reporters checked him the other day during his, during his press conference. You mean which the one they took the credentials away from? Not Jim Acosta, <laughs> but um, no, he said, he said during one of his uh, press conferences, I have my highest black support ever right and the reporter was just just kind of brushed it off and kept asking his questions and so they passed the mic around a few times and it gets to another reporter and they said mr president i just want to point out that your support amongst african americans is eight <laughs> oh, <laughs> percent <yay. laughs> <Snap>. <laughs> that conversation mm-hmm. was over interesting that, that he never claims to be the uh, the champion of the lgbt community not anymore he used we, to he used well, to that upset during, like flag, kind of did he well during the election did. he held the the, the rainbow flag, yeah, flag kind of said, did he said i'll be one for you guys and but the so be, you know and when he was in new york and he was just <laughs> the average schmuck mm-hmm. <laughs> out there he um well, he's never an average schmuck. right <laughs> he was um you know it's it's he 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 didn't care and that's a thing you know well, he used to be a democrat yeah he was a democrat yeah, and he right, was right. just whatever and then it's it's a hard thing to believe if that's him you know that's you know he he's about that people that's what people said don't be scared of him because <laughs> look at his past and he's well, somebody yeah. that we you know that supported the the gay community and supported minorities and supported you know look at him he was involved with hollywood and you know this and that and i don't believe in it well i think that's something that people are starting to realize people that gave him the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. thinking that if uh, if we put him into office he's going to shake up washington he doesn't he's not an ideologue he, you know, things mm-hmm. will be different. And you still hear that. You heard that Tuesday night. You heard right. pundits right. saying he's exactly. not an ideologue. He can work with Democrats. He can do this and he can do that. Give him a chance. It will be, it will be impossible <laughs> for him to work with Democrats because the, but minute, he'll that throw they, the minute that they subpoena him, right. he's going to, he right. can't, you've, I've heard the word a million times and I think it's actually absolutely correct. He can't compartmentalize. Right. I hate that word, but. Uh, yeah. he, <laughs> he can't, can't separate. He can't do two things at once. He right. can't fend off or fight subpoenas and at the same time mm. work with. Or walk and yeah, chew, chew gum. gum. Yeah. Right. Walk and chew gum. That's if it's one, not but. about money or power, he's not doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. No, it's just um, just to watch it yeah. is, is, is just insane. And, and they explain to your children, you <sighs> know, when we, I took one of my sons to, you know, the, the rally and it was, you know, we, we talk a lot about politics at home, but it's just exhausting to try to like, why is this important? Yes. And well, why is this more important than this? And mm-hmm. why, you know, cause it's all important, yeah. but to, uh, you know, you know, and that's for a young person and then, you know, the adults. And you don't want to scare them. Right. Either. You want them to have a good life. Right. Well, but you want to be honest. You want to be honest about it. Yes. Too. Yeah. I don't, I don't protect mine, but, um, <laughs> Well, I, I don't. I mean, because I don't want her to. I don't. Speaking of laboring, I don't want her labor labor under the you know these illusions of you know your country's great for you or your oh, friends sure. and everything. Yeah. But because really, um, yeah. she doesn't live that reality. You know, none none of them do. Right. Right. Um, right. But true. it's it's interesting to hear them talk. I mean, like listening to the young folks, at least right. within my child's purview, they they all know. They know better, mm-hmm. and really, they're just waiting for us to wake up. Mm-hmm. You know. Do you? Uh, this is to Kevin. Um, yeah. When we at the beginning of the uh, not this show, this was some time ago, um, several months back, we were talking when Grant was here. Mm-hmm. We were talking kind of politically about you know this generation, college mm-hmm. students, LGBTQ um, college students, and about politics not being 
as front and center or not as anymore. important. So do you see a big difference? Not anymore. People are politically active. They are fired up. So have you seen the change within your friends? Absolutely. 100%. I had a friend drive from Bloomington to Indy to vote. I had my brother drive from Indianapolis to Fort Wayne to vote w- along with another one of his friends. I got my all of my friends that I could possibly reach out to re-registered right here in the 9th District and voted. Oh, so Kevin, awesome. you make my heart feel good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and speaking of that, kind of moving – away from uh, talking about Trump and back to Indiana, um, I think it's important to note that we did not, we didn't do well, Democrats, in elections across the state. Um, But where we really didn't do well was in these statewide elections. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just kind of wanted to give a, a kind of analysis of where Indiana kind of is politically. So Somewhere around 45% of voters voted for Democrats, which is when you hear that number, for Indiana, for a Mm -hmm. state that has our history, pretty good number there. Um, But the issue is that we only hold, Democrats only hold two out of the nine congressional seats in the House of Representatives, 22%. So 22% and 45%. Republicans also hold the supermajority, as I said, in the Senate, and they might just lose it in the House by one seat. Mm. So I think it's important to note why that is, and that's gerrymandering. And for people that don't know what gerrymandering is, it's the redrawing of districts so that one political party gets more seats. They pack voters into certain areas by political preference, and in that way, they can expand their margins. So that's how you end up with 22 or 45% of people in Indiana voting for Democrats and only 22% of the House of Representatives seats. Statewide elections, it's going to be it's hard for Democrats in Indiana to get um, to win those seats mm-hmm. because the numbers are just not in our right. favor in those. But when you're talking about the House of Representatives, which is supposed to break a state down into smaller sections, we used to carry three seats solidly Mm -hmm. 2010 Mm -hmm. we lost Mm -hmm. they redrew the maps they draw Mm -hmm. them redraw them every 10 years after the census 2020 is the next one they redraw them they took away one of our seats Mm -hmm. just by the way that they drew the maps and we're talking about moving lines barely shifting Mm -hmm. lines Mm -hmm. and that's and that's major votes so redistricting reform is a big thing that you're seeing across the country Michigan just yeah, Michigan, passed it. A beautiful, huge, one. huge, huge deal. And there, you know, I didn't, you know, that kind of caught me off guard. At, you know, there's so much going on, but Michigan is usually a fairly, you know, conservative state, and right. how they do a lot of things, and they did a lot of interesting things that I legalized just, weed. Yes, passed redistricting, <laughs> redistricting wow. reform. They have a Democratic governor, Democratic attorney general, yeah. Democratic secretary of state, maybe I think too. Yeah, I mean, it was they just, swept it. They swept it. And wow. it was just, you know, that was like one of the states that, you know, I was like, oh, do I want to go spend money up there? And yeah, I'm going to go spend a lot of money. Up there. <laughs> 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 Have fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's. There was a, sorry, there was an infographic that was going around. It was just uh, two maps of uh, Indiana and uh, there were countywide maps and showed mm-hmm. like with, you know, the gradi- gradations of color, how, uh, how the, the changes in, um, uh, voting uh, went from uh, 2016 to to mm. this year, and and it it's getting a lot brighter. It was 
you know, you had Lake County, you had Marion County, and, and oh my gosh, I can't remember. I can't remember. Uh, Floyd and Evansville. Clark. Oh, oh, Vander Vanderburo. Yeah, Van Buren. No, no that's too close. Van, some one. Of, yes. Yeah. With a V. Van Halen. <laughs> And um, <laughs> sorry, and uh, so like those were the and you know and our our county and those were the the blues mm-hmm. and everything else was mm-hmm. s- just straight red, mm-hmm. um, but they're 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 shifting they're purpling uh, mm. and um, and I think that's that's beautiful I think that's you know the young folks and uh, people actually being more engaged and. Uh, um, I love seeing. Well, that. it's exciting to see just what's going on in Texas. I mean, that was yeah. a yeah. state that yes. no one that, that right. considered themselves literally in their own country. Yeah, sure. For a long time, and to see you know blue speckles and some big ones you know popping right. up amongst them, and then our friend, um, I'm just spacing his name, uh, who lost the Senate race, Beto. Beto, Beto. yeah, Beto. Beto is a Beto, yeah. And I mean, you know, amazing individual. So excited to see. Yeah, sad that he didn't win, of course, you know, mourning with the rest. But at the same time, you know, hopefully he'll, he's going to be Obama in some ways, that he's going to come front and center and, and be that real guy we need. Well, 2020 in Indiana, the governorship is, is up for grabs. Um, largely depends on the national uh, politics, and it depends who runs for Democrats. But mm-hmm. there is a shot that we can pick up the seat, and people, some people think that there's not enough votes in Indiana to uh, get a Democrat elected statewide, there is. Yeah, we're and all going to back Kevin here. It. Kevin, you're not me. Be, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> Call Beto. Not me. You know, <laughs> Kevin will be the campaign manager for whoever that person <laughs> is. <laughs> I don't have that kind of knowledge either. No, he's like. I can crunch a few statistics, but I can't run a you're campaign. You're an outsider. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm a. I'm a. Yeah, proud member of the. You uh, should run for a commissioner. No, <laughs> we'll, we'll all get you out there. So um, we're out of time. It was a great show. Um, you know, we went off the grid a little bit, uh, but we had a lot to discuss. And I want to thank our guest uh, Greg again for coming in. And it's always good to hear his perspective. And again, uh, each month, it's we're very happy to have Judy come in and, and share her thoughts yes. and. Um, experiences with our show so um, and a big thank thanks um, to all of our listeners and volunteers for making this possible I'm Kevin Mosenzade I'm Judy Yep. I'm Melanie Davis Blooming Out is produced by Frankie Presloff our executive producer is WFHB News Director Wes Martin Lucas Fishers is our engineer Blooming Out's community liaison is Alex Ashkin our interns are Jasper Tony, Ireland Meacham and Wenyan Lee uh, for Blooming Out and WFHP, I'm Melanie Davis. And I'm Frankie Presslaff. And remember, if everything was straight, roller coasters would be one long, boring ride. Good night from your Blooming Out family. You've been listening to Blooming Out on WFHP. Blooming Out is a product of WFHB's News and Public Affairs Department. Tune in every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. for Indiana's only LGBTQ plus news and public affairs program. You can hear this and other programs online at WFHB.org. Comments and suggestions for future topics or guests can be sent to bloomingout at WFHB.org. That is blooming O-U-T at WFHB.org. And thank you for listening.